0: In this episode of The Spirit Side, we are going to be talking about the Gospel of the Fake God. We will be talking about some of the differences between someone having a nervous breakdown or a psychological issue, and the earmarks that tell us that someone may have actually had an encounter with something otherworldly that was perhaps not friendly. What does parapsychology and even demonology say about these things? And is it possible to categorize this being known as valis that Philip K. Dick encountered in 1974? This will be the final discussion in this series, and I think that many of you will find it quite interesting. Stay tuned. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Spirit Side. I'm Paul James Caden, and today on the show, we are going to be talking about the gospel of the fake God. Now, that sounds like a dark and scary topic, but really not so much. You know, we've been talking this week about Philip K. Dick, about his uh, alleged encounter with a being he called Vallis. We've been talking about the resurgence in Gnosticism and the conspiracy theories that really took off because of the writings and philosophy of Philip K. Dick. We talked about the various ideas. You know, did Philip K. Dick encounter some deceptive dark entity, or did he just have? some kind of psychological break. What caused all this in his life to begin to go out and talk about the things he spoke about? And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Philip K. Dick had some very, um, let's just say, not pleasant things to say about Religion. Which I, I always find interesting when it comes to people that uh, allegedly have these encounters with other beings. They they very much begin to disparage religion and especially, you know, the the life and teachings of Christ and uh, the scriptures. And, you know, we all know, and we've talked about it on enough of my shows that, yes, the hand of man is very much present in our Bible as we have it today. Uh, There are things that that have been edited, things that have been added, events that were made up even around the life of Christ that didn't necessarily transpire the way that, you know, they are written. So we, we all know this. But we still have, you know, the essence of those teachings which the most hardened skeptic will say, you know, they they were very much ahead of their time as far as it goes with dealing with other human beings and how to live a good life. You know, a lot of followers uh, and adherents of Philip K. Dick's work are very much... Um, we should say anti-Christian, anti-Bible, anti-religion, and I find that very interesting. That um, you know, again, they they disparage such things, but you don't really hear them talk so much about this alleged spiritual or alien encounter that Philip K. Dick allegedly had in his apartment in the February of 1974. But we're not going to uh, get so much into all of that today. We're going to focus more on the message. The message that supposedly came to Philip K. Dick. the, the, uh, The event that really set a lot of this in motion in his life. And it's it's not uncommon. The, the, this is the thing that, that people need to understand. And I've had a few people over on the YouTube platform, you know, comment and, you know, try to start arguments. Oh, you know, you backwood Bible people. And, you know, Philip K. Dick was right about religion and blah, blah, blah. But yet they never address this alleged encounter that he had that started all of this. So you're going to poo-poo, you know, one religion and call it pie in the sky, call it backward, but then we're going to believe uh, this message that supposedly came to a science fiction writer, in his living room from a, air quotes, alien presence. So that's just very bizarre to me. But, you know, the thing of it is, uh, as far as that alien presence goes, and now we don't know, we have to be logical about this. You know, I'm a very spiritual person, but I don't like to give in to superstitions and... Um, fanaticism you know I like to talk about possibilities and that's why I always tell people that try to uh, especially on the YouTube platform you know corner me on something I said oh you believe this well not necessarily I'm talking about the possibility you know so as some people might suppose there is a possibility that Philip K. Dick had an encounter with something It's a possibility. Could he have lied about it? Yes. Could he have had, as we talked about in the last show, some kind of psychological break? Yes. But let's narrow in for a moment and just talk about the possibility that he really did encounter something. Now, I don't know that he did. You don't know that he did. Nobody really knows. Something could have happened there, and as someone who is pretty familiar with religion, the paranormal, parapsychology, the way certain things work when... Human beings encounter the unknown. I look at Philip K. Dick and I say, I, I think there is a reasonable possibility that something happened on that day of February 1974. Because there's a lot of earmarks that, that you can check that other people have had when they have encountered something they couldn't explain, whether it be, some would call it a spirit, some would call it an alien entity. But there are are certain things that these encounters generally have in common. And now we're going to look at this for more of the... uh, parapsychology perspective for a moment. But you, you could also look at this from the religious perspective because of a lot of people who, you know who are trained you know uh, in the art of you know ancient exorcism or demonology could also verify that this is the case. What happened to Philip K. Dick has happened to other people when they've encountered something beyond their understanding. And this something is what I am going to call in this podcast the gospel of the fake God. Because generally, one of the earmarks of encountering something that is generally not positive and leaves a dark fingerprint on someone's life after they encounter it is that these beings generally claim to be or give the Appearance of being all-powerful in some way. I control you. I know the future. I influence mankind in some way. I am the Spirit of Christ. I am god i'm an angel these are generally the claims that these entities will make or give the impression of to the person they are appearing to and now we look at philip k dick with vallis he said he felt that you know this being somehow controlled humanity that it did things to us and you know dealt with us sometimes on the trickster level. The next thing that these entities generally do is really tear to shreds, reinterpret, or put A heavy amount of doubt in the minds of the person they are manifesting themselves to about other religions. And the interesting part about that, as much as some people want to, you know, yell and scream, you know, Jesus didn't exist. Oh, we don't have any proof. Oh, the Bible is a bunch of bunk. Generally, Christianity or the religion and teachings of Jesus is the number one religion that is most shredded, reinterpreted, or told to be something that it isn't to the person that the entity is manifesting itself to. And this apparently... uh, Was something that happened to Philip K. Dick because, you know, he had a lot of strange things to say about religion afterwards. And he had this whole notion we live in a fake world, we live in a matrix, we are ruled over by uh, this fake God. I think he said something to the effect that the Bible. was somehow uh, faulty because of the, a lot of the things that it presented were actually backwards. So it was like wisdom in reverse. And you almost had to like back engineer some of the things that were said to actually get to the truth. And now I find that interesting. Because when it comes to, you know, demonology, whatever religion, uh, you know, that might be uh, something that someone specializes in, the reading or interpreting things backwards is very common. People that are said to be spirit-possessed or spirit-oppressed will generally uh, speak in reverse. There's always an inversion or looking at something from the end to the beginning, rather from the beginning to the end, which is something that seemed to come through in Philip K. Dick's philosophy. The next big earmark that we have to look for in the gospel of the fake God is generally how it affects the person afterwards. And generally, how it affects the person is it leaves them with a great amount of stress, anxiety, worry, and generally obsession over one thing or another. And this was certainly something that was very prevalent in Philip K. Dick's mind in life after. This encounter with the being he called Vallis, he became very much obsessed with this whole idea of alternate realities, the fake world, government conspiracies. It is said that by the time he died in 1982, he was completely obsessed with these conspiracies. And I would venture to say if you look at some of the recordings or listen to some of the recordings of Philip K. Dick that we still have, uh, some of them he seems like he's very much on end, on edge. He's nervous. He's jittery. There, there, there's something not at peace Within him. So these are generally, when you're looking at it from the aspect of paranormal research or even religion in the form of, you know, demonology, these are generally the signs that accompany the visitation of something whether it be alien whether it be entity we don't we don't necessarily know where these intelligences come from sometimes but generally we say that they are dark they are evil they don't have our best interest or welfare at heart it was a negative entity or intelligence if you can check most or all of these boxes and with philip k dick we can the gospel of the fake god certainly seems to be very much intact i also find it interesting that this whole this whole gnostic idea of the matrix This world created by the the fake evil God and this is a soul farm or whatever the case might be. You know, this is something that very much is an inverted theology. Now, when you talk about the Gnostics, the original movement... There was no early apostle of Christ who was a gnostic. There were no students of those men who were gnostic. So as faulty as you know the Catholic Church, you know and the big religion and all that you know, starting to come about uh, was, We couldn't find anybody up to that time who tried to follow the teachings and succession of the apostles and their teachings that were of the Gnostic tradition. The Gnostics were uh, basically a sect and were looked at as being kind of strange. Uh, We would say today they were occult, maybe a bit occultic. And of course, you know, they were said to be heretics and all of that uh, kind of thing. But they they definitely had a very inverted theology because it flipped everything on its head. People up until that particular time believed there was a God. God created the heavens and the earth, all that he made was good. We live on this earth, Uh, we enjoy nature. The mystics of old, no matter if they were Christians or other religions, they contemplated nature. They would look at the mountains and the trees and the sky and the birds and the insects and they would contemplate nature and then they, they would begin to see characteristics or the personality of the divine in the creation. So as many mystics of old said, we could get, we could know something about the creator from his creation. So nature was always looked at as being a very beautiful and sacred thing, even though we as fallible human beings, you know, have a way of, uh, Really, uh, doing some damage to the earth and the environment around us, and that's always proven to be true. But Gnosticism comes along and says, no, the God who created this earth is evil, it's fake. This earth is not a thing of beauty, it's a prison. Our souls are imprisoned here, and we have to go through certain steps to escape this prison. And in the end, all of this is going to be destroyed. All of this is going to burn. So think about that inversion of philosophy and theology when it comes to Gnosticism. The God of love, the God who created all things, created the heavens, the earth, the cosmos, you know, the uh, the dimensions, you know, all things that, that are seen and unseen, and then flip that on its head and say, no, nope, there was another God, something else posing as God that made all of this. I mean, that would be a very interesting way to actually Turn people from the truth. Get them looking in a different direction. Confuse their minds. Confuse their minds about the divine spirit. And another interesting thing about this whole Gnostic movement is how they say you have to have this moment of gnosis, you know, this uh, accumulating and knowing certain wisdom in order to escape this matrix and many of them, you know, in the modern day uh, say, you know, I'm Christ. You know, of course, Jesus, you know, he was Christ, but I'm Christ too. And so are you. And we must all come in contact and learn to be Christ and take up this office of Christ within ourselves in order to escape the matrix. You know, and in early Christianity, the Christianity, that would be Labels that labeled as an antichrist theology because anti, and we've talked about this in shows before, doesn't mean against. It means another or a replacement. So it's not necessarily being against Christ. You know, we look at antichrist like this horned son of the devil saying, you know, I hate Jesus, I hate God. That's not necessarily so. They could say, I love Jesus, I love God. Yes, the wisdom and the greatness and the Christ, but guess what? I'm Christ too, and so are you. We all are, and we all need to become Christ in order to get out of this matrix. So then it's not necessarily dependence on Christ, it's dependence on ourself to become Christ. We are Christ. So in a sense, that is antichrist. We are a replacement of or another, a substitute for the Christ. So again, we see that inversion of philosophy and theology. Another very interesting thing about Gnosticism, which we can also see in today's movement, uh, they were known at the time to be very arrogant they would speak in circles they would speak in riddles they would say a lot without saying anything of substance and then when someone would ask them well what do you mean they would become very arrogant and say you can't possibly understand what I understand therefore you are lost so they were they were known to actually uh, be very uh, arrogant individuals, very pompous that somehow their wisdom that they were acquiring put them so far above everyone else. Now again, isn't that the inversion because Christ and the apostles and the you know the men that came after them taught being humble, a humble spirit. Not arrogant. And we see that in the modern move, too. I I could name, which I won't, but I could name several people on YouTube that do this very thing. They always say what an incredible show they're going to have with all this information. They talk in circles. They talk about a few things that are happening in the news because, you know, here's the government conspiracy. But then they just kind of talk in circles, trail off into different subjects one after another. Never really say anything of substance and everyone goes, wow, they're so wise. But if anyone actually pauses and asks or leaves a comment and says, I don't get it. What are you actually saying? They say, well, say you fool. You don't see it because you're blind. And you better get with it. You better pray. You better do whatever you need to do because, you know, you don't understand. You don't know what I know. I mean, that's happening. That, again, by their fruits, you shall know them. And it seems that the one of the fruits of the Gnostic path is elevation of self. And arrogance. And all of this, again, being fruits of the gospel of the fake God. And again, just by doing the last two shows about all of this, and you know, especially over on the YouTube platform, uh, several people uh, have come along who uh, follow the philosophy of Philip K. Dick, the conspiracies, the, the Gnostic idea. And from word one in the comments, it's ridicule, it's attack, it's arrogance. Oh, you poor stupid fool. You don't know the real truth. You don't know what I know. That's the fruits of the gospel of the false god. And and sadly... What can you say to these people? Because no matter what you say, they just lead you more and more into wanting you to lose your temper and start really, you know, trying to kick the the weak legs out from under the stools they're sitting on. But you don't want to do that because you don't, you know, it becomes this uh, this cycle where you're like, man, you know, you 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 could really kind of like take this person apart with, with what they're saying. Then you don't, because a you don't want to blast somebody, and b even if you try to put it diplomatically and list things, you know, very intelligently. They don't read it. Although, or they will read one or two sentences and continue, with, you know, the um, the vitriol, and it's 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 just, it's just one of the fruits of the gospel, of the fake God. And one could say also, you know, if if we look at this from, you know, the uh, parapsychology, paranormal aspect, the religious aspect, even if we now look at it briefly from the psychological aspect, you know, this is obviously a teaching because let's face it, Religion, our faith, our beliefs, our concept of God and who God is, what God's characteristics, traits, and personality might be affects who we are when we step into a belief system. So if we have been taught and if we have experienced in our lives what we feel is a God of love and peace and forgiveness and goodness and joy, then that seems to be what, what our personal disposition and personality will be. But if our God is a man of war, if he's wrathful, if he's angry, if he's judgmental, if he's prejudiced, then we are too. So we could also look at this in the psychological aspect that the psychological, never, never mind the spiritual fruits, but the psychological fruits of Gnosticism and the philosophy of Philip K. Dick generally affects a person psychologically with arrogance, paranoia, criticism denial of certain facts even if it is right in front of them it doesn't matter what matters is what i think i know because so and so told me this is what i need to know so even psychologically we see that this is a very unhealthy thing because I'm not saying, and, and I'm not saying everybody who reads the Nag Hammadi or studies Gnostic philosophy or considers themselves a Gnostic, I'm not saying every every single one of them are arrogant and paranoid. You know, I'm absolutely sure that's not the case. Just like you look at, you know, Christians and Muslims and Jews and Hindus and, you know, every religion you want to name There are very good and humble people. And then there's the lunatics. (laughs) But it always seems to be the lunatics that put themselves front and center in every religion. It's the lunatics that always want to be the cult leader, the pastor, the preacher, the leader, the savior, the guy that's looked up to, the one who's the master, the one who's the guru. And these people always seem to acquire quite a following, and they pass on that spiritual and psychological germ of arrogance, paranoia, whatever it is they're, infected with they infect others but see then the, then there's always the spiritual beginnings of a movement whether it's buddha whether it's jesus whether it's moses whether it's Muhammad, no matter who it might be in this particular case you know we're talking about a lot of people and as i said in the one podcast it's almost half of america right now that's not counting the people all over the world who are influenced by the philosophy and of Philip K Dick and the gospel of the dark god what did he encounter barring that it wasn't some kind of psychological break and somehow his science fiction just got garbled up in his mind and all of this just started kind of pouring out. But like I said, we have those earmarks from parapsychology and even demonology that we can check off and say, well... Generally, people that encounter something bad experience this, 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 this and this. Uh, and Philip K. Dick experienced this, 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 and this. And that's why I always say we have to be careful who or what we follow. Especially in this day and age, it's it's a very fine line because there's a lot of distortion of truth. there's a lot of, Distortion of religion. There's a lot of, uh, you know, unfortunately crazy out there. And it seems through certain avenues in our world right now, Philip K. Dick only being one of them, and the legacy that he left behind, that gospel of the fake God is really seeping into and polluting a lot of waters, a lot of spiritual waters in the world right now. Because so, so many people seem to have at least a piece of it in their personal philosophy and theology. And even that little piece is enough to make them very divisive, very combative if you disagree with them or even try to have a rational discussion with them. That little piece is enough to make them very egotistic, very arrogant and also have a lot of inverted philosophy of their own. I mean, that could be a whole other podcast of how so many things are inverted today. You know, you want to know the truth, look at something backwards. You want to know the truth, look at the secret codes and, you know, certain numbers and colors and, you know, whatever. Even in movies, we have people, you know, on the Internet and on the, the video platforms like YouTube that will go through commercials and movies and say oh look this number was in the background on this apartment oh look when this person was talking there was the color red in back of them or there was a pumpkin on the shelf or there was this or there was that and they'll look for all this strange occult attachment to these things getting into numerology and you know gematria and all of that you know uh kind of mystic, cult, occultic sort of practices, looking for wisdom and truth in those things that they say they're spotting in news reports and movies and commercials and pictures and magazines. It, it, it gets very, very strange. And so that gospel of the dark god has permeated A lot of people's minds and their hearts. And it's left things uh, pretty messy out there. Whether you want to say spiritually. Or whether it's just causing uh, a mass hysteria. Among people psychologically. Or both. It's definitely something that's very bizarre. And and very concerning when you really look at. At what is happening? But folks, that's uh, the end of these discussions this week. I know some of you really enjoyed this. Um, some of you didn't, but <laughs> you know, um, that's what we do on this show. Sometimes we we pick a topic and we we discuss it throughout the week, different uh, avenues. You know, looking at it from different angles. And uh, I think it's important to put shows like this out there for people to listen to, for people to hear, for people to consider. Because, as I said, there's a lot of misinformation out there right now. And uh, I'm not Mr. Font of Wisdom, uh, but I know enough to see the origin of certain things and the problems that it's causing in our society and in our world right now. And hopefully we can scale things back and get back to some normalcy. But we'll see where everything goes in the future. I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed this uh, series of talks this week. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, stay reasonable, stay humble, and stay in the light. And I'll talk to you next time here on the Spirit Side.